Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you had a nice weekend and isn't the weather just grand today? I know it's a little on the nippy side, but that Ishka has disappeared for a while. My God, if that rain hadn't stopped, we'd all be going round in boats, never mind electric cars. Welcome to the show. Lots of chat and guests over the next couple of hours. I will tell you that John Lowden, the money doctor, is in studio with us today and he'll bring you his top financial tips for 2023 and more besides, of course, between now and 3.30, if you want to get in touch with us by WhatsApp or text. But my first guest today is a familiar voice on Late Lunch. It's her first time with us in 2023 and she is so thought-provoking. And again, her column in the Irish Independent on Saturday. Uh, well, I just said we've got to talk to her today and she's with us on the line. Happy New Year, Sarah Carey. Happy New Year, Jerry Kelly. <laughs> Thank you for joining me again. You know, the funny thing is, uh, you reference Anne-Marie O'Sullivan's uh, brilliant column in your uh, paper yeah. last week. And myself and Louise were actually talking about this extensively. And then when I saw you building on it the weekend, I say, God, we've got to touch this subject. Because basically, just for our listeners, you're talking about posting photos of your children online is not a great idea. And really, you break it down, Sarah, into three aspects of this. I, I Look, from your column, I know you have r- rarely, once was it posted pics of your children? Yeah, once. About 10 years ago, I did a big feature in the Sunday Independent magazine and it was all about childbirth and the birth of my three children. And for that feature, they came down and they did a photo of me with three kids. And then that's it. There's nothing else online of them. As far as I know, uh, I never I'm not on Facebook. I don't put photos up of them on any social media. And all my family know that if someone is taking a picture, they're not to stick it up on Facebook. So it was a line I drew. And I said at the beginning of the article, Jerry, I usually learn my lessons the hard way. Mm. I have to make a mistake and get in trouble and mess everything up (laughs) before I figure out what to do. But in this one, I was clear from the start that I wasn't putting them online. So um, and then I use my married name in my work so people don't know their last name or anything like that. So they're relatively protected as far as I know from people trying to look up stuff about uh, my kids because they like or don't necessarily like what Mm. I might have to say in my column. You do understand, and it it comes across in what you write, like people do love, you know, there are people who post everything, you know what I mean? Everything under the sun, but the same with all they post, and I, I can never just get that. But people do at times love to post, you know, a child's birthday or an achievement or things like that. And it's very difficult, you know, to say to everybody, don't do it. Yeah, and I really understand, say, Facebook, for example. So the kids aren't on Facebook. The Mm. biggest users of Facebook are grandparents. Mm. 
um, and it's the adult children and they could be in a different part of the country, they could be in a different part of the world, are able to post up pictures and keep up on family events yes. and parties and celebrations. And I know by me not being on Facebook, I miss loads of stuff that's going on, especially with the outer family, cousins and second mm. cousins. And my mother's on Facebook now. She says, I never post anything. But she looks and she gets to see <laughs> what everyone is doing. And it's very enriching, yes. you know, for for them to be able to keep up on everybody. But I just think the downsides are so risky that people need to think very, very carefully about what they're doing and that maybe there's another way to share, you know, family events instead. Maybe send by email or on a, a more limited family WhatsApp group or something like that. But But the social media side, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter are just too public. Now, you break this, as I said, down into three aspects of this. So let's talk about those for a moment. The first being uh, catfishing or identity theft. Yeah, and this was the column that Anne-Marie O'Sullivan wrote when yes. she uh, came across a story on Instagram of an influencer who discovered that photographs of her children were copied and were used by someone establishing a fake identity. So that could be somebody anywhere else in the rest of the world who is trying to pretend to be a certain person. And look, here are photographs of my kids. And anyone can do that. You know, you can go mm. on any account and rob photos. And so I had, I don't normally listen to the Two Johnnies podcast. It's not my, <laughs> not my field really. But I heard this story that one of the Johnnies, Johnny B, told very, very bravely. He made himself very vulnerable telling the whole story about how a woman had faked an identity and lured him into a relationship. And one of the tools that she used was she used a friendship group of girls in Hungary and she would post these under her Instagram and her Facebook to pretend that these were her friends. And it's a really, so it looks really authentic. So, mm. so your, your, your children's identity can be stolen for someone else and for their nefarious purposes. And the more detail that you put up, like about their birthdays, about what schools they go to, about what sports clubs that they're in, like it's actually a scammer's paradise. And think about maybe if you have a teenager and somebody wants to go after them, they can track their whole life. So could you imagine some girl coming Mm -hmm. up to your son or vice versa? And they're able to pretend, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in your school or, oh, my friend was in your sports club. Like, it makes people really, really vulnerable when you put up all this information about them, given the world that we live in. And you do go on to add to that, which is something that I never considered till I read what you said. In the future, if your children travel or move to other countries, perhaps in an authoritarian uh, country as well, we know what can happen there. We're hearing it in the news regularly. Yeah, and, at, you know, when the internet was first being developed, authoritarian countries it tried to keep it out and they didn't want sites like Facebook. Then they discovered, actually, this is a huge amount of information we can collect on our citizens. So what would happen is, and I saw this particularly in Iran or you see it in China, mm. where you might have, let's say you've a grown-up child who escapes and they move to a different country, they live in America. You know, the authorities can use all their information that's on Facebook to then threaten the family. So let's say you have a family member who's gay um, and the family back in Saudi Arabia or something could be threatened. Or if you go traveling in Saudi Arabia, 
um, or other countries like that where there are very restrictive practices, that information is all there. Or, you know, so you don't know what circumstances that people will grow up and enter into and think that they're safe in a country. And it turns out they're not safe there at all. Mm. So... You know, yeah. Another <laughs> another aspect of this to be considered. The second point you focus on is consent, and this is very uh, important and very on the money. May I say too, because when they're small and growing up, you are, you know, you do and say for them. But they reach an age which we all did and will do forevermore, where they are their own individual people and they make their own decisions and their own calls. And then there may be an issue. Yeah, and I have to say that my children are completely contrary. Like, I, I, I can't take any photograph of them without them saying to me, now, where are you putting this? You know, who's this being sent to? Like, they want to know how that photograph is going to be used. And when you have children, say, who are primary school age, or particularly maybe when they're under sevens and under eights, and, you know, they're not educated enough to say, well, what are you doing with this and where is it going? So I think it is interesting that when we talk so much about consent, parents, do they have that consent conversation with their children? <laughs> Are they saying, do you mind mm. if I put this you know, up somewhere? And, and the truth is a small child cannot give their consent. And that information has been plastered all over the world. And then this is the other point I was making, Jerry. You know, again, my kids, and I'm sure a lot of their peer groups are like this. They're very conscious and web-wise. Um, about how images can be used and about privacy settings. So, you know, the way you're always seeing politicians and that getting into trouble over messages that they're sending on WhatsApp that are being copied and leaked to the uh, journalists. My kids would never have allowed that to happen because they're all using Snapchat. And Snapchat is a messaging app where as soon as a message is read, it's automatically deleted. And if anybody tries to take a screenshot of the message, you're notified. So you get a message saying, Sarah screenshotted your message, Jerry. So they're really conscious of taking steps to protect themselves um, against privacy intrusion. But the parents aren't as educated. No. They don't know. No, we are not that the races. Yeah, and what are their settings on Facebook? Do they understand how to shut it down so that it's only family and only friends? And even if they do that, all it takes is one person to, you know, repost something and then that's it, it's out there. Um, so I find it's really interesting that the children are, or the teenagers anyway, are really up on privacy and how to protect themselves, but their own parents are exposing them. I think the downside of Snapchat is a, 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 another aspect of what you say there in the bullying sphere where somebody, yeah. you know, is at somebody, it's gone. You know, there's no record there either. And that's perhaps a downside of it. Yes. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Yeah. Now, I, and I warn my kids all the time if they're because they do have class chats and group chats and that. And I warn them all the time. You might think you're making a joke about somebody and you don't know that they're at home crying and they're really hurt. Mm. Be super, super careful. And if you ever see anybody teasing or making a joke, you intervene 
and you, you know you call a halt to it you don't just sit there watching it thinking that it's funny or it doesn't matter or it's not your place to intervene you yeah. always intervene and you call a halt to anything that you see yes and so, there is there is sorry i'm just jumping on here there is yeah. the third aspect of this which is interesting which is uh, quite different altogether because where we sit here today in lmfm radio we're just nearly on the loud mead border here and not far into mead here there is this massive massive data storage centre and there's talk of a second one uh, to follow but you say there's an element of you know posting everything on social media all our emails all the information that has to come into play with these data centres I just think it's so funny Jerry, when people talk oh data centres oh my god these terrible data centres and why does Ireland have to have data centres what is the data that's in the data centre it's our data Now, some of it we can't do anything about. So your banking is all online. So that's the data that's there. Your utility bills are all Mm. online. That's the data. It's your data. They haven't come in from Mars and imposed (laughs) data from somewhere else. (laughs) If your data is online, yeah, it's going to have to be stored somewhere. So, and, and I know this big thing about old emails and old photographs. If you go into your Outlook now or your Gmail or whatever server it is used for your email, you could have emails going back 15 years. That's all being stored. Mm. Photographs take up huge space, absolutely huge space. So for someone who is on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever and is posting loads of videos and uh, photos and all of this stuff, that's the data that is being stored. So if we want to reduce our carbon footprint, because the energy these things use is huge, like Mm. they're really rapacious. So um, saving energy and reducing carbon emissions isn't just about trying to walk somewhere or get the train instead of uh, using the car or turning off the heat. It's also about reducing your internet footprint. You go. I did this uh, last year. I started going back and deleting old emails. And there's even loads, thousands of junk emails in your inbox. Yes. And that actually is helping to save the planet. So off you go. Start deleting, Jerry. There's your job. That's my. Actually, I was deleting. Believe it or not, I was deleting stuff yesterday. That much. You know, you take a load of photographs, five yeah. snaps of this, that, and the other. I was getting yeah. rid of all those yesterday. But here's the thing. Now, I yeah. subscribe to this cloud thing with uh, Apple each month. You know, I think yeah. it's two ninety nine, and my yeah. stuff is. God knows you. As you say, it's in that centre. It's in the cloud or whatever. Yeah. Can you reverse this? I'm just thinking from all these pictures of your children. Can you delete it forever to be sure that? it's gone. Yeah, you can. Now, there used to be a dodgy thing about Facebook where if you deactivated your account, um, they still had some kind of weird ownership thing over the photos. So you weren't sure if they were actually really gone. Mm. But I looked into it when I was researching that article, and I'm almost certain now that when you deactivate the account and you delete everything, I think that means it really is gone. Um, so at least it's definitely inaccessible and you can't get it back so um so i think you're safe enough when you do that that you can go back and fix this also say on twitter there's um, a, a service called tweet delete and for about 15 euros it will go back and delete all of your tweets and then it will also do a recurring service where it can delete your tweets from, say, you pick a time period, like every two mm. weeks, every three months, something like that. 
and it will keep deleting for you. Which, again, is something all the politicians and public figures should be using because, you know, the yes. way somebody goes back and finds a tweet from 10 years ago, mm. you can delete all of that. Just so. before you go, and you've mm. been so interesting to listen to, and, and, and I'm sure it's given, given people a lot more understanding today of the implications of all this, taking pics every minute of the day and posting or whatever. I've got to mention Andrew Tate because I know yes. you have teenagers yourself there, and I can't believe it either. And uh, again, Louise spoke to me about this about a week or more ago, but this guy, I'd never known him before he was arrested. And I can't believe now that I do a bit more research with uh, children or teens of an age they're infatuated especially an awful lot of boys with this guy yeah it's really interesting now again going back to my teens and how copped on they are so they're all on TikTok and they're really aware of certain kinds of propaganda so they were watching all the Russian bot activity with about Ukraine so they were showing me stuff where the Russian bots were coming in saying oh we're denazifying Ukraine and we're saving Ukraine and they could tell that this was an onslaught of very politicized propaganda designed to get to them. The Andrew Tate one was a more blurry for them. They could see that he was not a very nice person, just wanted a load of attention and was selling this whole thing about masculinity and making these videos complaining about women. And they understood at one level that he was just doing that for attention and to get advertising and make money. At the same time, they'd be joking about some of the things that he was saying and, you know, ostensibly not taking it seriously. And yes, it is still going in if you're exposed to all of this. Mm. So they were they would tell me occasional things he'd say and I'd push back against it and they'd slag me off. Oh, you know, yes, (laughs) just a feminist and that. So it was interesting to see it operate at two levels. And that is why him being arrested has been brilliant, because now they can see, actually, this isn't just Internet commercialization, you know, of stuff just to get advertising and boost his ego, that actually real women are being really harmed and authorities are taking action against them. So it was really good that he is he has been jailed it'll be very interesting to see how that case plays yes. out I, I don't know anything about the remaining justice system the robustness of the charges you know how yeah. the whole thing will play out I don't know anything about that but the authorities taking action against him has been an eye opener mm. but of course there's loads more behind him yes you know, of course of yeah. course he's only he's only one of many 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 indeed and of course the next thing you're going to hear then uh, from uh, folk is oh fake news you know what I mean that's fake everything that's been he's been charged with is fake you know that type of anyway we're going to leave it there today and okay. uh, I'm sure we'll be back to this the Tate topic <laughs> and you will too perhaps in the future we love to talk to you thank you so much for your time today really appreciate Thank you for having me, Jerry. Not Always at all. A pleasure. Great. Take care Bye. of yourself. Bye-bye. Sarah Carey there. Read her in the Irish Independent. Brilliant woman with wonderful opinions. There are many places across the North East, aren't there, Louise, that when you look at the spelling, if you were to come in from the outside, or even people within the North East, look at the place, and the spelling has no correlation with mm-hmm. the pronunciation mm-hmm. yeah completely yeah, and we've identified a number of them in Louth and Mead so each Monday for the next while we're going to bring you Monday's misplaced pronunciations, <laughs> right <laughs> so we want to see 
Can you not? No. No, misplaced pronunciations. It's, you have to say it real fast. It's a new word. <laughs> Susie Dent will be putting it up in countdown shortly. Misplaced pronunciations. It's Monday's misplaced pronunciations on late lunch. So today, folks, how would you say, I'll spell it for you, M-U-L-L-A-R-Y. How would you say, don't say it, please. No, no, I won't, I won't. We're not going to say it. It is a place in County Louth. County Louth. How would you, M-U-L-L-A-R-Y. What is the cor- the correct pronunciation <laughs> of that word not the mispronunciation anyway our Lizzie uh, w- did a little bit of work for us and she she spoke to some people and just spelt the word for them like I've done for you M-U-L-L-A-R-Y and have you, have you got one that'll be here let's have a listen Mullary hmm <laughs> Not quite, not quite, but not a million miles away either. M U L L A R Y. Can you pronounce it? Send us a voice or by WhatsApp, will you? Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. No point in texting or WhatsApp us. A voice WhatsApp message. Can you pronounce that word? M U L L A R Y. What way would you pronounce it? What's the correct way to pronounce it? Let's be hearing from you. Uh, too late lunch I'll this never afternoon. Get it. Will you not? No, and it's been told to me loads of times and I still Say always it wrong, get it you? wrong. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, it just is. It doesn't, as it looks, it doesn't sound when you say it properly. That's true. And we will have somebody from that place, won't we, Louise? Yep. Who will definitively tell us how you pronounce M-U-L-L-A-R-Y in County Loud a little bit later on. So let's be having your voices voices to 086-1800-658. John Lowe, the money doctor, is in the house. After two, if you have financial questions, get them to us on the usual numbers. 086-1800-658. But taking us up towards top of the hour two, news and weather, it's you two. And the sweetest thing. Oh, be God, I had a bar of the, the fries chocolate cream the weekend. And that song sums up fries chocolate cream. It is the sweetest thing in my book. My next guest is a great friend of ours on Late Lunch and he's brought it out again. It's the number one bestseller when it comes to financial advice. It's Money Doctors 2023 for Mr. John Lowe and I'm delighted to welcome him to studio today. Hello again, John. Jerry, it's such a pleasure being here. It's like, you know, in January, it must be LMFM. <laughs> Jerry Kelly show. There you go. And I have to start by saying, I've been getting a fair few messages congratulating me on Arsenal's victory yesterday and you being a Tottenham Hotspur man, like, I'm sorry for your troubles, John. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, we, we will come back. We'll you definitely will. come back. But, you, you know, Arsenal are, are actually in a huge vein of form at the mm. moment, aren't they? Massive. Can they win it, John? Uh, I think they can. can I, they? I, I mean, I think the, the, the hist- historically, um, at this stage, when they beat, uh, you know, Tottenham, I think the Man United game is going to be the next crunch week. one. Yeah. Next week. That's going to be the crunch yeah, one. Yeah, two form teams. They yeah. are the two form, two form teams. teams. They really yeah. are. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Anyway, yeah. being an old Arsenal fan, you just always wonder because uh, it's, yeah, you know, the way. They, they, yeah, <laughs> they don't make it when you expect them to. Anyway, congratulations. Uh-huh. How, how many editions is this This is now? the 18th edition. Yeah. Oh my, oh and my. You can see it's bigger and thicker. Yes. Because there's an extra 150 pages in it, would you believe? Um, there's a mini book in it. Do you remember last year I gave the 2022 book to the transition year students? You did, wonderful. Well, this year I've gone one better and there's a mini book called Teenagers, You and Your Money and it's 150 pages 
and it's got its own index and it's at the back of that book incorporated into the book so if you have kids who are especially in, in the teenage years from mm. you know 13 to 20 actually yes this is absolutely ideal because this all stemmed from my son by the way I told you the story where like he's 19 he's mm. in UCD never failed an exam in his life and he says dad what's an overdraft hmm <laughs> and John said, "We got to put this there's right, young wrong, man. There's something yeah, wrrong with this. You, you system, have yeah. met a need, and it's in this book this year. So it's an extra bonus, to be honest with you. Look, yeah. we could spend the next hours and uh, hours beyond this show talking about this book, but let's just concentrate on a few areas. Yeah. First of all, John, there's lots of talk. I'm even reading it today. It's live in, in the press because with mm. interest rates rising in Europe and the European Central Bank saying they're going to rise again, yeah. if you're on a tracker, should you stay? If you are on other type of mortgages, should you fix at this stage? What's your advice? Well, believe it or not, this happened even before I, I left uh, for Australia and even before I left for the uh, European destination uh, in November. Yes. Um, clients of mine, they were taking their mortgages off trackers and putting them onto fixed rates. Now, the fixed rates have now started to move up, unfortunately, mm. and virtually all of the lenders. But I would still move my tracker mortgage at this stage. I mean, tracker mortgage mortgages are now at about maybe 3%, 3.5%. They will go up f- further. Mm. And you can get now fixed rates. I think one of the best uh, three-year fixed rates now is about 335 mm. um, I would much prefer to have you know security of rates at 3.35 rather than uh, subject to the vagaries of the st- of the you know standard variable rate going up, the, the ECB rate. Mm. And it will go up for sure. For yes. sure it'll go up. So if you have a tracker, John's advice today is to look at the fixed rate and he's giving you a best rate. And actually there. the two things there, by the way, mm. is to go back to your own lender. Don't start swapping, shopping around now, but go back to your own lender and see, first of all, are you eligible to actually be able to uh, you know, move your uh, your uh, mortgage? But ask them, first of all, what fixed rates they have uh, in in their own uh, bank because that'll save you money. Yes. You won't need legal fees. You won't need any, uh, you know, other kind of valuations and things like that. Yeah. So if if they have a half decent rate, get their best rate, and then you shop around. Then you see is there a better fixed rates elsewhere. And if there are, then you need three things. Number one, you need to be able to afford the mortgage that you you originally got. So that means your income has to be at a certain level. Also, your loan to value. Um, you'll do. They'll do now ninety percent loan to value since the 1st of January this mm. year. Mm. So if you're if you're kind of you've got 10% at least equity in your home then you're eligible. And the last thing, credit history. There's a there's a new uh, body credit agency called the Central Credit Register.ie and they took over from basicicb.ie and you can check for free to see have you been a good boy a good girl over the last five years because anything turns up it'll be in there okay they're important points to bear in mind that's on the big borrowing side right and there are other borrowings you can make of course for different things but Mm. let's move to savings for a moment because it seems unfair to me John that the Mm. ECB rises its rates to borrow money and yet at the same time it's not reciprocated for savers you're absolutely right and they, 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 they just don't care about it because the the marginal uh, rates are so small. I mean, the very best regular saver account at the moment in the market is 0.25%. That's Bank of Ireland, the regular saver account. And you have to save for, for you know, 12 months between 100 euros and 1,000 a month. Mm. And that's the best rate you can get, 0.25%. 
on that. So uh, they haven't uh, reflected um, the interest rates on deposits. I think they will. I mean, the very best product out there in terms of deposit is a 10-year national solidarity bond from uh, NTMA, the National Treasury Management Agency. A lot of people think it's the on-post bonds, but it's the NTMA. And it's 10 years, you get 10% into your fist. Mm. Um, It's guaranteed by the government. And that's why so many millions are going in there. 10% guaranteed by the government into your fist. But it's equivalent, when you work it out on a gross basis, it's equivalent to 1.43% per year. Mm. As many a model would say, I wouldn't get out of bed for that. Yes. You know, 1.43 yeah. is not it, great. It, it's small. And, and I often say to you, and I think it was nearly at 50% at one yeah. stage for your 10 yeah. years, how it's, That's right. how it's changed. That's Do you right. see those rates improving? You know, because you have to say, through on post, and they are the National yes. Treasury yeah. Management Agency. Yeah. They have an, an array of products. They have. Got you know, the one, bonds, three, five years. Yeah. Those, and they're, that all, ten- they're all awful. Will, will they rise, but, uh, John? Um, well, in fact, there was uh, up to about two months ago, there was um, a cohort of banks who were leading uh, an, an assault on the uh, NDMA because the rates were too high. Now, of course, with the interest rates haven't gone up, they can't really say anything about it. I mean, for instance, the, the three-year national savings bonds is an, a magnificent 0.99%. So that's a third of a percent a year. Mm. Um, the five-year uh, national savings certificate is 3% at the end of five years. 3%. So I'd say they're, they're not great. These are not great uh, rates. And do you see that continuing for the foreseeable future? For the moment, yes, I do. Uh, when I can tell you, from 1991 to 2020, 30 years, right, um, the average growth in the stock market was 10.72% per annum. Now, you could be unlucky, for instance. Yeah. Coronavirus hit 2020 March, mm. and you would have lost 20, 30%. If you sat in your chair, did nothing, four months later, that all came back again. Now we're back in the same situation where the Ukraine war uh, last February Yes has had a major effect on the stock market and stocks are way down again. Now, they haven't bounced back because the war hasn't been resolved. But um, it will eventually get resolved, like like all conflict. So are you saying a stock portfolio, a portfolio of stocks... Over any period of time... Is, is going to the always best better, option. ...is always going to be a better uh, option than, say property, any asset class. It is the best asset class of them all. But you have to know where you're going and what you're doing. Yes. You know? So you need professional I, advice. I, I particularly like managed funds because, again, one of the reasons about managed funds is they normally will have a safety net. That safety net might be cash or government bonds. For instance, you know, you take, uh, say, Irish Life. Um, they have a, a fund called the... Um, Cotton, of course, what it is. Uh, anyway, this fund, they've got uh, five choices, two, three, four, five, six. The lower the number, the lower uh, the, the interest rate or the lower the uh, return, Risk. rather. Oh, the because, return. return. Yeah, because you've got cash in number two. Yes. Number three, you've got government bonds. So the lower little. the number is the safer one. So if you win at cautious. number one, it's the cautious. If you go up yeah. to six, you're seven. taking, you're rolling the six dice. Seven. You are rolling the dice, but that's where the growth is. The growth is in four, five, and six. So usually all of these in, uh, insurance companies, multi-asset portfolio maps, that's the Irish Life Fund. Yeah. And so they have two, three, four, five, six. The lower the number, the lower the the, the, the risk. So um, if you go on number four or number five, now you've got some chance of growth and you've also, you're taking a a kind of a, a, a cautious 
a relatively cautious uh, thing. You're not going for the very yes. highest, mm. riskiest type of uh, fund. Yeah. But the funds uh, over any period of time, if you if you put ten thousand dollars in 1958 <laughs> into a, a, a company called Berkshire Hathaway, because in '69 this guy called uh, you know um, Warren Buffett, who bought his house actually in 1958 for thirty one thousand five hundred dollars, and that was in Omaha, Nebraska, right? He bought this house. Today he's paying more in taxes on that house than it cost him to buy it <laughs> in 1958. Anyway, that ten thousand dollars today, what's it worth if you did nothing? Just let it go. Four hundred million. Oh my word. But so you're you're emphasizing the fact that over the long term, despite long term. wars, famines, yeah. whatever yeah. happens in the world, wars come back. Crashes. Look, look at the crashes. Pandemics. Twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, it comes back. It comes, it back. comes back. So um, I have a question here from a listener. I'm due to retire shortly and I'll be uh, due my lump sum, they say as well. And I'm at a loss what to do with it, John. Yeah. I don't want to put it at risk, says the listener. What does John Lowe, the money doctor, recommend? Okay. Well, presumably that lump sum is mm. that, like the 25% of the pension, is it? Yes. And so uh, there would be a, a sizable pension, uh, presumably, coming from that. Um, again, you know, what I would be doing with a lump sum of that nature, first of all, I'd be looking at, at all my... Um, Requirements like: Do you need to change a car? Have you need your home? Do you need that fifty-inch uh, color TV, three uh, uh, D put in there? All of those kind of things you, you do now, mm. because there's no point in leaving it to your children or your grandchildren. Um, you know, look after yourself now at this stage. Then, what monies you have left over? Uh, do you want growth? You want to have a rainy day fund? I always say you should have three to six months net annual income in a rainy day fund for those emergencies, that sudden loss of income, or the investment opportunity to buy a Lebrocchi for half nothing. <laughs> you need the money, you know. Mm. So what I would be saying is get that uh, rainy day fund there available, accessible, and then the balance of it, then you, you, you could actually do a mix and, and, and kind of match. Like you could go, for instance, the solidarity bond. This lady is, what, 65? Um, so it means 75, she's still considered young. Mm. And therefore, she can afford to do a 10-year investment. Yes. But it's guaranteed by the government. That's the first thing. The second thing is that if you want some growth with some of it, I wouldn't be putting it all into, you know, National yes. Treasury Management Agency products. I would want some of it. And that's what... You never see these tracker bonds where they offer you 90% security because that 90% security is it's in a deposit account. Mm. The other 10% they've decided to stick into derivatives and various other kind of sophisticated uh, investments to try and make some growth. Sometimes it wins, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. But that's where the 90%... You have them, yeah. So it's a mix and match situation. In your scenario. But again, they, they, that lady needs good advice, solid advice. The Money Doctor is available as well at any stage. <laughs> and he's staying with us on Late Lunch. If you have any more questions, 086-1800-658 for John Lowe. Send them to us now by WhatsApp or text. John Lowe, The Money Doctor, is with us on Late Lunch. And his go-to book, Money Doctors 2023, is out there now. Number one bestseller, 19th year. We have two copies to give away to th- this afternoon. This will be the Bible that will help you through the year with your borrowings, your savings, your insurance. Everything is included in here. And that section as well for teens. I want to know, who is the Irish Minister for Finance? That is the question today. Who is the current Irish Minister for Finance? 
details uh, for the Money Doctors 2023. Answers to 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. He's a happy man, John, with the surplus he has to work with at the minute. It's a, it's a moving feast, though. Oh, who, that's the who, thing. Who that person yeah. is. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, who is the Minister for Finance at the moment in the government, please? 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. John, I we've spoken for many a year, you and I, and one thing always uh, sticks with me with, with you at this time of year. You say to people, you got to do a budget. You got, and you, you'll never yeah, deviate, will yeah. you, from that? I no? never, because you know it's so important to, to understand how much does it cost you to run your life on a monthly basis. Because once you've established whether you've got a surplus or a deficit, if it's a deficit, you've got three choices: you, know, you earn more, cut costs, or prioritize. That's why, like three hundred thousand people over the last five years, stopped paying the health insurance. So, if you're surplus, that means now you can save. You can save that surplus, and you can plan. For instance, there, there are young couples listening to this. I hope, and they'll have maybe you know a new baby and um, that baby is going to grow up uh, to go to third level mm. that third level if they put the the, the 40 140 euros state benefit a child benefit away from the time the child is born to the time it stops and that's the 18th birthday they'll have accumulated 28,560 euro you're still 14,000 shy of sending the same child to third level. Mm. That's how much it costs, 42,000. Yes. Mm. So it's all about planning, no matter what you want to do. Even if you're going on holiday this year, it's about planning. How are you going to fund it? So it's really important, therefore, to know, do we have a surplus in our you know, month-to-month living? Because then you can plan. And, I mean, I, I give away, actually, a, a budget plan or spreadsheet. It's a really nifty thing. All the categories, and it's uh, tots itself up. And, again, if they want to write to, to you, Jerry, uh, I'd be happy to send you on the to the uh, the actual the template. The, the template for the spreadsheet. It's fantastic because it'll it'll set you up once you you just do it once a year. Yeah. Because your circumstances change every year generally, and you do it once a year, and that, then you'll know how much you can save. Mm. Really, really important that. Uh, questions are coming in. Uh, hi, my mortgage is finished in 2025. That's three years' yeah. time. I'm on a variable rate, 3.25%, and it's costing me €700 Euro a month at the moment, and I'm pushed to make the payments. Should I leave it on that variable rate, variable rate or what? Well, I think that, again, uh, the best advice there would be to go to your own bank and, and ask them, have they got a fixed-rate option, first of all? And if the fixed-rate option is anywhere near the variable rate that uh, that lady is paying or or gentleman, uh, I would opt for the fixed rate because I would want at this point, um, you know, security of rate Absolutely, first and foremost, because, um, again, I'd much rather know what my monthly repayments are going to be for the next three years Mm. if there's only three years left. Be much better. There's a lady wants to know about wills. Can yeah. John? Now we could spend forever on wills here, but yeah. you made a big play on wills yes, a couple of years ago, I didn't did, you? Yeah. You might I, tell that lady. I set up. And what, what was her question, by the way? On the wills? She wants to know when somebody passes, yeah. where do you go or what do you do regarding a will? Okay. Well, the first thing is you you do need the will. The will is the only thing you might realize that when you uh, draft a will with a solicitor, they'll normally say to you, "Would you like me to hold the will in safekeeping and I'll give you a copy?" Oh yes. 
yes, please. That would be really nice. Thank you. Well, the more um, kind of truthful response would be, well, actually, you need the original will when you're doing probate. So if I have the original will here and you're dead, it means that your executor or your executrix has to come to me, the solicitor, to get the original will. Now, if that's in 40 years' time, that solicitor might say, look, I've had this for 40 years. You want the will now? You've got to pay me a fee. Or they may be so bereaved that they say, you take care of that because, you know, I, I, I can't do the probate. The probate is the simplest thing in the world to do. Honestly, it's so simple. Because when, when, you, when you look at um, the, the web link that the probate office in Dublin give you to get the application form that anybody could fill out, that web link is courts.ie forward slash applying hyphen probate hyphen without hyphen solicitor. So it, the, the whole thing is that 70%, and this is not against, by the way, solicitors. There are, there are people like, you know, Michael O'Leary and, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, all these big shots who have M- Michael Smurford, for instance. Um, they'll have huge amount. They need a battery of accountants and solicitors. But for the 70% of this country don't have a will. And the problem here is that they're so um, uh, struck by the gobbledygook and the uh, all the various things. So what I did was I did a DIY will where you never need, for, if you have a, a house, maybe two houses, you've got a set of golf clubs that you want to give to a son or a nephew, or, uh, and you've got a few counts, bank counts, then the simplest thing to do is set up this, look at, at, at that DIY will option. It's only 50 euros and you never need to see a solicitor ever again. And that is available from moneydoctors.ie forward slash wills. Okay, that yeah. is there if you want it that simple. But in your case, that lady, if the will is with a solicitor, you got to yeah. go there and kick the process wherever, wherever, off. Wherever the will is, yes, she has to go there. And and the will will actually nominate who the executor or executrix is. That's one of the key parts of a will. So if she is the the executor or executrix, she'd be the executrix, yes. obviously, um, then she would know that where that will is because usually the the testator, the person who wrote the will, would have told the executor or executrix where the will is is based. Yes. And therefore, she'd have to go... Did yeah. you say that 70, 70% of people don't have wills? Don't have a will in Ireland. 70%. And they're too frightened, really, to, to bother with it, you know. That's a, a horrendous it's number. It's absolutely incredible. And it's just causing yeah. bedlam down the road yeah, for... It, it will. It will definitely. And, and basically, if you, if you die in test aid, which is without a will, you have to go to the High Court to get letters of administration. Now, you can still half do it yourself, but 99% of people now go to a solicitor at that mm. stage. Mm. So... They have you, whatever way you're yeah. so it's, And it's a very simple operation. I did mm. my own mother's, mm. and I saved thousands, mm. you know, of euro. Yeah, so because that's where the, where the, the money Moneydoctors.ie forward slash wills mm. yeah. uh, will get you uh, the information there. Just before we finish, switching again, you know, I had a call last week from my electricity supplier and I, I, I you know, I went, I stayed with the same guy because they were offering me a better deal. It was okay. with board gosh, well, I'll just tell you that you, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I got a better yeah, deal yeah. than what I was on. But switching everything, health insurance, car insurance, your energy suppliers, banks, mortgages, you're the biggest fan of. People who stay with yeah. the one for years well, and years. If, 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 if they're getting value, I, I agree. Stay with them if you're getting value. But I can guarantee you're not. I guarantee you're not. Therefore, whenever anything comes in, like car insurance, don't just pay the renewal. Go and get two quotes, not one quote. Get two quotes and see, can you can you better the deal? And then if they go back, what I, I don't like, to be honest, is where you go back with a quote saying, I got X, Y, Z to give me a quote, and they have beaten you by 30%. Or oh, we'll match that. 
oh, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that. I wouldn't go with them. I said, you should have done that in the first place. You'd go with the alternative I'll that I've given you that. <laughs> so there's yeah, another tip yeah, for you today. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'd certainly use it with, as a rod to beat the existing yeah, one. But, with. It, it, but it, you're right. It is shocking yeah. when you think about it, isn't yeah, it? They should it's have right. it in the first place. Yeah, why didn't they? Yeah, exactly. You know, God so, almighty. So this is one way of, of um, you know, you being in the driving seat. That you, you are in mm. control. You need to be in control of your finances. And by the way, two hours a month, that's what I would suggest to everybody. Spend two hours on your own finances finances you will reap the benefits mm. so you know reconcile your accounts make sure that you know do that budget plan oh my gosh do the budget plan make sure that you've got enough money coming into the household it's not a question of just saving anywhere wherever you know turn down your thermostat by one degree you'll save 10 percent of your of your annual bill um you know put full kettles or, or only half kettles of water if there's only a couple of couple of cups of tea or you know fill the the washing machine with full loads and dishwash it the same um, you know all the sen- sensible things that you, you need to do uh, to, to try and save money it's not to just being mean frugal or miserable it's actually getting value 2023 is all about getting value for your money yeah and you will get value if you purchase the Money Doctors 2023 the 19th edition it has everything in it he's thrown the kitchen sink at you t- today with this one we have two copies to give away the question is this who is the Irish Minister for Finance for a copy of John's book it'll put you right for the year ahead and beyond answers to 086 658 is the number get your uh, answer into us as soon as you can and we'll get the uh, the book out to, to you before it's the a, end of the a, show it's a bit like you know the book now so heavy <laughs> you know the old advert you need two hands just to hold that thing <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing, leave it in the hall and if anyone comes near your front door that you have a little bit of a bother with, boom! It's available for that too. John Lowe as usual, thank you so much for joining us at the start of pleasure. the year again and we'll be in touch and we'll be talking I'm sure over the weeks and months ahead. Thanks a million. Thank you very much Jerry. thank you. Yes, um, <laughs> the Gunners fans ask me, what do you think Jerry? Can we dare to dream as Arsenal fans this year? Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't dare to dream. Sure, the football season is only halfway done at the minute. That's a full half of the season to go. Arsenal have to play Manchester City twice. Man United next weekend. United are the real form team in the Premier League and they know if they win, they're banging that title race as well. Now, if Arsenal were to win it, well, but there's an awful long way to go and, you know, with injuries and everything and Chelsea robbing your most prized transfer target over the weekend don't get me started on that anyway let's hope there's hope they're doing well they're top of the table at the minute let's see what happens late lunch LMFM radio my next guest well she joined me last year I think it was around summertime July time we had a great chat and I spotted her recently in the Irish Times as one to watch in 2023. Yes, they selected 50 young people from all around the country. And when it comes to food and culinary, yes, Roanne Byrne from Drogheda is right in there. Roanne, afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm really, really good. Well, 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 young woman. What about this in the Irish Times? You must be chuffed. Yeah, that was really exciting. Yeah, because, you know, they picked 50 and you're one of that 50. May I say, Rowan, as well, um, your hair is very fetching, your hair colour. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Were you always that vivid red colour? Is that a recent thing with you? Uh, 
Um, I've kind of been every colour of the rainbow with my hair, but the orange has been since about, I think, January last year. But it wasn't so, as kind of bright orange as it is now. Right, so it's bright orange. I'm I'm off the mark even with the red, am I? It's bright orange is the exact colour, is it? Uh, yeah, kind of orange red. Yeah, it? yeah, you stand out. It makes you stand out for sure. Anyway, we did speak last summertime. Uh, you were in the news then because you were announced as one of Bordishki Wara's uh, Taste the Atlantic Young Chef Ambassadors. And you were travelling around the country, you were telling me that uh, time, meeting uh, various people. I just see Sally Barnes mentioned in West Cork. You spent a bit of time with her, did you? Yeah, so during the Taste the Atlantic Ambassadorship, we um, actually, Jess Murphy and um, Tara Gartland got in contact with me about um, they wanted to kind of start a non-profit organisation for women in food, like producers, chefs and all that. So they kind of started like a massive group chat and stuff and we all got in contact with different women supporting each other. So I was down in Clannacilty with the Tasty Atlanta crew mm. and Sally said that she was nearby. So she came and collected us and we got to go up and see the workshop and everything. It was absolutely insane. It was really cool. She's some woman. I have to say, yeah. uh, her smoked salmon, and she used smoke. She, I don't think she can get them now, the wild Irish salmon. They're like uh, so rare and scarce. But she is, I think, still smoking salmon. But her smoked wild salmon, I'd have to say, was the best ever I've tasted. And I'll tell you, she does the kippers as well, the herring. I take it she's still at all that stuff. Yeah, um, and the tuna as well. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely beautiful. Yeah. yeah I've never had that before, but it was unreal. Had you not? Yeah. And what's her secret? What has she got? What? What? How does she she do it? What is it, Rowan? Did you figure that out? No. <laughs> I think it's purely her personality. <laughs> <laughs> It comes through and everything she does. She just loves what she does, you know. She does. She's passionate about it. But when I saw her name mentioned, she's very, very special. Uh, JP McMahon, you spent some time with too. Yeah, JP is absolutely insane. Um, we he was our culinary mentor for the program, and so we got to do like a few different workshops all days with them. Um, working or like a uh, working the kitchen down in here to like test our dishes so he actually gave us all he gifted us the Irish cookbook that he has uh, which is really cool so we got to do a lot with him and he's been absolutely so supportive and uh, just going to food food on the edge and everything is his um, symposium he has every year so been some really cool events Are you still part of that programme or is it wrapped up at this stage? So it's every summer they're going to take on five new ambassadors and mm. you kind of train for the summer and then the idea is that you're a lifelong ambassador for Irish seafood. So the kind of training program and like the height of it is during the three months that you're picked and then after that you kind of keep the knowledge and uh, sustainability and all practices up. Mm. I was thinking music when I was thinking about you. Now you might think I'm mad here what I'm going to say, but... Um when you mentioned the three degrees, you're one of these exclusive people who's a member of the three degrees, but it's a culinary three degrees. You're on your third one. Yeah, I'm um, doing a master's in gastronomy and food studies at the minute. Good stuff. And where are you doing that? Uh, TUD, is it? TUD is where I did my other two degrees, yeah. And what have you What have you under your belt already? Tell us about the other two. Um, so I have a Bachelor of Science in Bacon and Pastry Arts and then I have um, a Bachelor of Arts in Culinary Arts. So wow. I did those the last four years and then moved into the Masters. Terrific. And are you are you working, you know, as you do all this studying and being an ambassador and all around the country, are you, do you actually hold down a job? 
Yeah, I did uh, up until kind of last summer and then I decided to go full-time into the Masters and yeah. throw myself into that. But at the minute, I'm actually uh, developing my own company with uh, a few of my friends and stuff. So that's all upcoming. I'll be able to help you more soon, but yeah. Yeah, good on my you. My own company, so. Oh, you, you couldn't. How could you hold it? And what am I talking about? Am I mad? Because uh, <laughs> it would just be near now impossible to do that. But okay, you're head, and he- head over heels into the, the Masters now. And beyond that, like the the formation of this company, is that where you see yourself going? Where do you see yourself in the next few years doing? Yeah, so during the Masters, um, we had a really cool module that was in the history of Irish food. So learned about, um, just like we learned about even Ireland before the potato um, and stuff like that and just going way back in our history. So I just really enjoyed that. And um, everything I kind of want to do and work, I'd say will come in that area in some sort. Yeah. So uh, it's a moving type of feast. Sorry for the pun at this point in time where you're going. It's open. You could move a little bit left or right. Is that what you're saying, depending on what what evolves for you? Yeah, so I'm hoping the uh, company that I'm working on will be kind of my main thing and then yeah. have little extras on yes. the way. Yes, yes, yes. Sure, look at you have you're building so much experience with all your educational qualifications and everything else besides it's an exciting year you have had. I'm not surprised they've uh, picked you out uh, certainly as as one to watch. Um, in terms of uh, Ireland, a couple of things on the culinary scene that you'd be well aware of. Um, since the pandemic, and you know, you see the pressure that restaurants are under with the costs, and on mm-hmm. the other hand, uh, getting staff—they're two huge issues, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely massive. Um, there's, it's like the amount of pressure on anyone from producers to chefs to restaurants at the minute is insane. Um, I'm hoping that things will change for them soon, and that it'll just get a little bit easier, and hopefully more support will come through and stuff from the government and different bodies. But it's, it's just an absolutely mad time. Like the cost of ingredients, especially even for bakeries and things. Mm. Um, like when sugar went up 60% like that it's closed a lot of um, well-loved businesses which is really really disappointing to see yeah I'm sad to see that when I see places going and as you're right the yeah. the energy cost the knock-on effects to producers and then restaurants buying in that stuff what about as a career you know like the hours are you know I don't have to remind you Rowan you put in your time yourself uh, working in kitchens etc it's yeah. unsociable it's out of hours it's hard work does that put younger people off I think it definitely can and it depends. I think um, it's really important to be careful from the media kind of uh, what's portrayed. So shows that kind of show only a funny negative side can be a little bit harmful in that there's a lot of companies at the minute and people working really, really hard to make it a good in- industry like people like um, Mark Anderson and Gather and Gather and stuff like that and Pauline Cox, like it, they are like really, really good wages, like they have a range of uh, working hours to everybody. So I think it's really important to kind of show the ones that are doing it right. And there's definitely, I think Chef is a really cool career. And if you get into a company like Gather and Gather and some of the really good ones, um, you can have, like you can travel the world and have amazing experiences. So I think uh, for young people, I don't think, I think once you're careful about where you go into, I think you could have a really, really amazing experience. I love being a chef.
So there you I hope go. It, I hope it doesn't put people off it too much. <laughs> yeah, no, and I hear what you're saying. You know, uh, those programs are entertainment, really, and mm-hmm. you know how hot it can become in the kitchen, and it's not an easy environment to survive in. I see Richard Corrigan has got a little bit of um, publicity for his new venture in Dublin over the weekend. He mightn't be too happy about. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, it's you know important that um, things get and stuff like that but I think definitely I'd always be um, like putting as much focus and publicity on um, just like on my own Instagram stuff on the uh, employers that are really good so if there's any young people and stuff that want to be chefs um, there's a lot of chefs like JP and um, Jess Murphy and stuff like that that if you follow them they'll always push forward the really good ones to work for mm. um, I don't know anything about that one myself yes yes, but, yes yeah, I know that and uh, as well as that it is a tough business at times and you know it can get hot in the kitchen I know that as well but uh, yeah it was just interesting to read that and I love Richard and I've interviewed him here on the show and I admire him greatly and uh, it's only one uh, small story in a bigger picture of course with his whole organisation here in Ireland and Britain mm. and uh, it was one side of it and of course uh, you'll hear another side of it too well listen it's uh, an exciting year ahead for you Rowan Byrne and I wish you well with all you do you are one to watch and uh, I know your family and everybody is so proud of you and good luck to you whatever whatever wherever life takes you and whatever you do over the next 12 months and beyond thank you so much for joining me again on the show Thank you very, very much. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye-bye. That's Rowan Byrne there, one of the young people really going places in 2023. She's lovely, isn't she? And we wish her well. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. M-U-L-L-A-R-Y. How do you say it? Stay with us, you're going to find out. Can't say it's very hard to say. It's misplaced Nunciation Monday on late lunch. Yes, misplaced Nunciation Monday. And today's place we're talking about is in County Loud. It's spelt M-U-L-L-A-R-Y. So how do you say it? Let's have a listen to uh, some of your interpretations of M-U-L-L-A-R-Y. No, Larry. Mm-hmm. M. Mullery, Jerry, Caroline Burke, Beliver County Meath. Mullery, says Cam. Mullery. Uh, we have a couple more here. More people want to tell us how to pronounce the word. Let's hear them. Mullery. Mm, not Mullery. So. Go on. Mullery. <laughs> have we another one? Mullery. <laughs> Mullery. <laughs> Malari. <laughs> yes, in and around. And I suppose if you look at it, M-U-L-L-A-R-Y in County Loud, I would say looking at it and face value, you'd say Mullery. The Valley Inn is situated in this townland and John O'Connell is the man who's serving up wonderful food there and he's on the line and I'm sure he can clarify what it is. OK, John O'Connell, how do you say it? How are you doing, Jerry? Good afternoon to you. It's Malera. How do you get Malera from M-U-L-L-A-R-Y, John? <laughs> you know something? I was asking a couple of, of the local people that, that's here this year actually about it over the weekend. Yeah. And there was one man in particular, and he said to me, he said, you know, my father and my grandfather is buried in the cemetery in Malera. And he said, if you hear anyone calling the Mullery, he'd probably turn in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he described it. And he's lived here all his life. He said it was never known 
as anything else, only malaria. But he said in the last couple of years, people are calling them mullery. <laughs> Malaire is my is my thing. Yes, yes. And John, I'd go along with you because uh, I'm from the town, of course. But we spend a lot of our time out there in the fields with my dad. We were hunting and ferreting, and you know, all out through the land picking mushrooms. Yeah. And we'd be out that neck of the woods. And again, he and everybody uh, from that generation would always say malaria. Oh, definitely, it's definitely malaria. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's for sure. And John, you know, when you advertise or people talk to you about the place there or whatever, uh, you use the pr- cor- correct pronunciation, the Valley Inn Malera. Valley Inn Malera, to Leo County Loud. And all your ads say the same as well. I know that as well. So you use the right pronunciation. But it's not hard to uh, to understand why people would just, as I say, look at it here on the page and say Mullery, John. Yeah, it's probably with the way it's spelled. Yes. It's, it's just probably the, the pronunciation. Different mm. people over the years, it's just kind of seemed to change, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. For me, for me it's malaria. <laughs> that's, there's no doubt about that. It's malaria <laughs> for sure on the Valley Inn, right at the heart of it there, uh, on the old uh, Dundalk Drahada Road, of course, there, between Monaster Boyce and Dunlear. Anyway, John, long may it be malaria, and long may you be there looking after so many people in the Valley Inn. Thank you no for bother, clarifying, Jerry. John. No bother, Jerry. And just before you go, can I ask you something? I'm just here to minute with me dad. He's 95 years of age today. Yeah. Would you wish, would you wish him a happy birthday? What's his name? Christy. Christy O'Connell. Well, he's just always known as Christy Connell. He never bothered using the O at all. Oh, I he, see. He, he's 95 today and he's well look at we are delighted to have Christy uh, mentioned on late lunch this afternoon and may I wish Christy Connell the happiest of 95th birthday and we'll dig out a song from now in a moment so we will and play it from John no well Jerry thanks a million appreciate it thank you thank you bye bye great bye-bye. stuff thanks a million uh, John uh, O'Connell there from the Valley Inn Louise have we uh, would we have Glenn Campbell there if you, if you look at your other computer if you would for me there and we'll let dedicated to Christy and somebody else as well this afternoon because I want to say a big hello to Olive Clutterbuck, my neighbour from the North Road in Drogheda. I met Olive with our son, son Paul uh, downtown the weekend and I hadn't seen her for ages and ages and I told her on Late Lunch on Monday I'd say hello to her. She's a big LMFM listener and listens to Late Lunch every day and she's one of the original residents on the North Road now at this stage in Drogheda that remains there and of course I have to mention Ollie Whelan or Ollie Devlin too, another stalwart of the North Road and I want to say hello to both of them this afternoon and great to see them to see Olive and hear that they're hale and hearty as well and I wish them all the very best. Wonderful people from my childhood. Well there you are Christy Connell is 95 as well today. So for all of you I'll dedicate this Glen Campbell number. Enjoy. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds And the ink stains that are dried upon some line That keeps you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory It keeps you ever gentle on my mind 
Now, John Lowe, the money doctor, with us uh, earlier on on the show. Love John, he's just fantastic. An independent financial advisor, which is someone you should always talk to. I have three copies of his 2023 Money Doctor's Bible, is all I can call it, to give away to you this afternoon. And my question was, who is the Irish Minister for Finance? It's Michal McGrath is the Irish Minister for Finance. Michal McGrath. And I have copies of John's book going to Kate McKenna, Claire Gargan and Jared McManus this afternoon. You get copies of those books and they'll be winging their way to you after the show today. Thanks to everybody who got in touch with us uh, and uh, looked for copies of John's book. This time, late lunch each afternoon. We're going to do this this year. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... January 1982. And the number five in our top five countdown today comes to us from the Human League. And it's a very famous song. Yes, this song indeed was released in late 1981 and became, even though it was only released in November, it became the biggest UK single of that year, selling 1.56 million copies ultimately. It was the Christmas number one. It was number one for five weeks. But on this week in 82, it had slipped down to our number five. Yes, it's the Human League and Don't You Want Me. Don't you want me, baby? Human League. Don't you want me? Number five in our top five countdown from this week. In the year of our Lord, 1982, and we'll bring you your four, three, two, one over the coming days until Friday, round about this time on Late Lunch. Dermot Kennedy, something to someone on your late lunch this Monday afternoon. I came across something really interesting at the weekend from Boston in the United States, where scientists have, in mice discovered and uh, gained the knowledge and the ability to reverse ageing. It's a remarkable, remarkable thing. You should check out the story. They've been experimenting with mice for some time and they can actually regress uh, an older mice's age because they found that within the DNA of the mice is the code, the ageing code, and it can be reprogrammed backwards. Louise, if you were a mouse and they could reprogram you backwards. <laughs> I know you don't like mice. What age would don't you... Think re- anybody could reprogram me. <laughs> well, it's you that said it. Um, <laughs> what age, if you could, I was just thinking about this, you know, it, they're working on this at the moment and there's, of course, more research, a lot more to be done. But could you see this being something in the future that when you reach an age, they turn back the clock and regress you to your teens um, or your 20s? Would you like would you to go back? again? Your memory would be all erased, would it? I don't think so. Or would you so. just regress well, will you see, in terms of youthful looking? Yeah, I, I, well, you'd look the same, but I think your whole body would go backwards of that in <laughs> I'm not sure about this at all. Would it be a good thing to be able to regress people back in age, do you think? Oh, 
you know, to could move. You, you, yeah, you see, I don't know if, if you could go back maybe to a year that you loved and whatever, but if you're regressing back to basically living your life again mm. and not making the mistakes. <laughs> yeah. No. You see, now there, you, now you you're rem- talking. But would you remember? Like, are they going to regress you that you're, you're, you will remember being 30 when you're like 17 and all in between? Or yeah. are you just going to make the same mistakes all yeah, over again? Funny, Sarah Carey mentioned this at the start. I remember her saying that if uh, she normally, she's ahead of the posse with posting the photos on social media, but she's had to make so many mistakes, like all of us. Mm. We make mistakes, mistakes teach you and you learn through your life. I don't actually know about that, but at the end of it anyway, anyway, the very 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 positive about the breakthrough because it's within the DNA but you're changing you know if you go back (laughs) yeah and you don't remember anything and you're living your life again I don't know would you would you live your same life or like would you change the course of Mm. your future by you know ending up with a different wife or husband or you know then you'd end up with different kids and then you've wiped out their future it's a huge huge question isn't it it's a huge question but if it could be used to deal with disease like Alzheimer's things like that wouldn't it be fantastic if there was an application Mm -hmm. there or or imagine looking 25 for the rest of your life yeah I don't think they can change the body of the mouse can they not (laughs) oh then there's no point so you could be a 60 year old (laughs) (laughs) with the mind of a 16 year old imagine well there's a lot of 60 year olds with 16 year old minds anyway that is very true so it is anyway at the end of the what age is your mind (laughs) very youthful very young, you know that yourself. Always on on, on the. What age cha- would you go back to? If you could, for um, even for one day. So I mean, you're not going to change really much future in one day, but it, even if you could relive yeah. a one day, I think I would go back to my twenties. Yeah, would you? Sometime mid twenties. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would early uh, mid twenties at around that time. Yeah. I think I'd go back to then. Just what for trouble a day. did you cause back then? <laughs> not a lot, not a lot. <laughs> I was a very, very sensible boy, <laughs> and I'd be, right, ca- yeah. I'd, I'd go mad. Yeah. I'd go back to me. This where I'd go, <laughs> I'd go nuts altogether. Anyway, at the end of the story, uh, the the chief uh, researcher and scientist said his hot tips are: uh, in your life today, focus on plants for food, eat less often, get sufficient sleep. Lose your breath for 10 minutes three times a week by exercising vigorously to re- maintain your muscle mass. Don't sweat the small stuff and have a really good social group. So even for all his research, he's returning to those, you know. Yeah, tried and tested. Yes, yes, things. that can And help. have a good moisturiser. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Honey and uh, porridge oats. <laughs> Are you still using it, really? I'm still eating it. I'm still eating it. <laughs> Never mind. So, so you're going to be youthful from the inside out. <laughs> yeah. I put it, I think that's the great thing about that face Your mask I tried and moisturised. Yes, you can help Whoa. the visage and then eat it afterwards. Nothing goes to waste. It's the supreme <laughs> eco face mask. The honey and, and the porridge oats. Anyway, watch this space. It is a serious piece of research uh, besides that's ongoing at the moment and a real big breakthrough they say we hadn't Carrick McCross Toy Library for you today no. but we hope to we have will. them for you in the future we promise you that anyway coming up on late lunch
lunch tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow oh, yeah, afternoon. Love Island's on tonight. Love Island starts tonight. Mm. It's in Australia, is it? I, I think I'll leave this this run to yourself, so I will. But uh, I mightn't just make it for this evening. You mightn't make it either. I too. might make it. To yeah, so we'll t- carry on from tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow afternoon <laughs> on late lunch. I'll have to listen to him again anyway to improve the accent. Karen Daly is here. She knows all about looking after yourself. Sinead Kelly with veterinary advice. Kieran McDonagh is a young man going places with his uh, new guitar. And we have your two on Tuesday and more besides. Eddie Caffrey's coming next year on LMFM Radio with The Drive. Stay with us. We'll be back tomorrow with your Tuesday show from 1.30. See you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.